It's that time of the week again. It's that time when the latest episode of Digital Kill the Radio Star drops. Drop! It's time to waste another hour or so with David and Chris as they spout out more of their worthless music knowledge. It's time to hear them discuss the music of their youth. As well as the music of today. So kick back, relax, and have some fun with David and Chris. Digital Kill the Radio Star starts right now. All right, everyone. Welcome back to the Digital Kill the Radio Star podcast. I am David, and I got my buddy Chris on the other line, and uh, we are hunkered down, quarantining, and um, I'm, I'm missing human contact. Chris, what about you? Um, you know, it's a little different for me just because I, I, my job requires me, which I'm super, super thankful for my job, my profession requires me to go to work every day. And so I have a lot of interaction. And so when things are a little quiet on the weekend, not so, not so big of a deal, not that much different than a regular way of life. I just don't get out as much. Don't go anywhere. Don't go to a restaurant or go get a beer. Right. Yeah. Nothing has changed with me at work. I'm still around those people, but we come home, there's just... Like, uh, I guess Friday night, it's like, oh, there's we can go do something tonight. And I'm like, oh, no, we can't. Um, yeah. And I'm off like four days in a row, and I'm already starting to get a little bit of cabin fever from it, just kind of sitting around. But catching up on uh, binging uh, Netflix, we were about a little over halfway done with season three of Ozark. Yeah, and, I hadn't started that. Oh, boy. <laughs> but, oh, I know. I mean, I know it's going to be great. It always is. Um, yeah. So we uh, we watched the first, I think, four episodes. Um last night but yeah i'm like you i'm i'm very thankful that um i'm still getting a paycheck and with what i do my job's not in any jeopardy and so i feel sorry for all those people out there but uh hopefully we'll get through this sooner rather than later and get back to um getting our lives back and i know um it has been cool though watching all of the uh, musicians do things uh some of them are doing a pay service and some just doing free like streaming stuff on Instagram or uh, Facebook Live and, and all of that. That's been really cool to see. Yeah, so I've enjoyed that too. I, I did watch um, the ones that I've checked out is uh, on Stage It, which I had never heard of, but that's where you, you – know, it's usually going to be about 10 15 bucks a show or um, like Ron Hamilton did. Ron Hamilton was just pay what you can. And – and then I, and that one was that one was was really good. And then uh, B.J. Barham did uh, American Aquarium did what seven shows? Like each one was a different album. And so I caught Burn Flicker Die, my favorite album by American Aquarium. And then he did the new one that I, I don't think it comes out until it's either April or May that it's released. And he played that in its entirety. That was that was super cool. And then. I've seen a bunch of them do one-off performances and Ron Bingham doesn't do it live, but he posts a video every single day of him recording, playing a song. And then my favorite one is cool. Even as cool as it was with BJ Barham playing a brand new album. My favorite one by far was Ben Nichols of Lucero. 
David, I know you're not the biggest Lucero fan, but I think you would have enjoyed this. He, uh, he, he played about two hours and his, uh, he was, he went to, from room to room. He started out at his, at his bar and his little kid was there and she was just complaining being a little kid and he's cracking up, trying not to laugh as he's playing and he's drinking straight up whiskey as Ben Nickel does when you see a Lucero show and he moves to another room, puts on an electric and plays a couple of songs there, then goes upstairs. The whole time he brings the camera with him, he goes upstairs, sets it down and his stepdaughter plays two songs on a piano. He returns to the bar. And by this point, he's just getting hammered. I mean, <laughs> absolutely hammered and he's messing up and his wife is, he and his wife are laughing because he's, he's basically getting too drunk and the, the best comment was, uh, oh, why can I not think of his name right now? It's the drummer of Lucero. He commented at him, uh, he commented, the guitar has been drinking. <laughs> because, you know, that's an old old Tom Waits song, the piano has been drinking, not me. You know, just alluding to why he's playing so terribly. And uh, I thought that was hilarious when he tweeted that. And it was also fun because in addition to Lucero, the drummer, like I said, I really wish I could think of his name right now, but in addition to him, Chuck Reagan was on there commenting a lot. Um, I believe uh, Dave Hawes got on there. Uh, Tim Barry got on there. Several of these guys that I just love, they were all on there. And Oliver Peck, you know, if, uh, Ink Master, just one of Ben's like, real good buddies, he was just, him and a, a couple of guys were just screwing with Ben the whole time. And he finally just said, I can't look at these comments. And he was recording it. He said, I'm going to go back and watch this because they were just doing a bunch of inside jokes, you could tell. And he was trying not. One song he did start laughing. That one was super, super enjoyable. And he started out, too, with nothing but obscurities. And then and then he went into, like, the lat when he returned to the bar, that's when he had about an hour left, and it was just big Lucero song after another. How much money do you think he made? He didn't. He did it on Instagram free. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, he did. No, he did say. He's like, I don't want anything. He's like, if, if you do, people ask how they can pay. And he was saying, just, just – contribute to any name he said basically contribute in your own way if you want to do it don't do it to me and he said pretty soon though he said if it stays like this and they have to start charging yeah i mean it's it's weird it's crazy um i've seen a lot of people doing um are doing online um guitar lessons online piano lessons yeah um, so well, you know yeah go ahead no i i think that's i think that's interesting uh, a, a buddy of mine uh, called me last night and he started doing, um, taking piano lessons from uh, Matt Slocum, who's in like railroad, railroad earth and played with, uh, some black crows members and stuff like that. And he said it was really cool. And the guy's really talented. And I saw like Mark Ford is offering guitar lessons. And, you know, it, it's kind of like you and I've talked about it here before. We just kind of think, yo, if you've ever had any degree of success, you're just wealthy for the rest of your life. And that's just not the case with most people. Yeah, no doubt. And if you're if you're um, the Ben Nichols was able to do it free. I don't think Ben Nichols is Ben Nichols. Well, ben Nichols, I think, does very well for himself because he writes all the songs. And Lucero is way bigger than people realize. I mean, these these guys sell out pretty good sizes all across the country. And he's done some film score work, so you know that's paid very well. His brother's a director. And I think it's I, I think it's the director or producer. He's done some stuff with his brother, which are some you know it's not just slouch stuff. So I, I think he does all right. But 
A lot of them, yeah. Like I, I saw just um, – give, I'll give two examples. You, you brought up the lessons. Michael Graves, and I'm probably going to do this because I mean, if you remember, when, David, when you and I went to see his show, I said I wouldn't mind getting one of those. He does these little skulls. He has these little skulls where he, he does the lyrics of a song and then he signs it. And those are always gone. You know, he would only do one a show, and they're always gone immediately with the VIP people that come in. Well, now he's doing it to where not only do you have a chance to get one, but you can pick your song. Uh, I think that's cool. I'm probably going to get one of those. And then Tim Barry, you know, we talk a lot, and well, I'm sure, I know we'll get to back to Brian Fallon here in a minute because his new album. But Brian Fallon, um, we're just on Ben Nichols of Lucero, kind of in that family. Uh, of guys that all have played together, all our buddies, is a guy named Tim Barry who was with Punk Band of Vale. A lot of people may not know his music, and it's unfortunate because he's really, really good. And if you like the artist I just named, you you should check out Tim Barry. But I bring Tim Barry up because I just saw ye- yesterday through his Instagram, he he said that all until Tuesday, all of his CDs are five dollars, all of his vinyl are ten. And he said, I appreciate you supporting our help, basically supporting my family. And that just shows he's having a really tough time. So I'm, I'm just going to go ahead and say right now, TimBarryRVA.com. If you sample his music, you like it, go buy a CD, buy a vinyl. I mean, you're not going to get cheaper than that. Because it does sound better on vinyl, Chris. Oh, God. Let me just take a drink of my coffee. When are you gonna when are you gonna wear your shirt and post it on Instagram for everybody to see? Um, I can do that. I'll be I'll be goofing on it, but I can do that. <laughs> Which, by the way, I know Steve listens to a lot. Steve, it had to have been you. It had to have been. You might as well come clean. I've process of elimination. There's nobody else it could be. It's you. I, I hope whoever it is never comes forward. I don't think they will either. But I'm I'm, I'm sure it's Steve <laughs> at this point. <laughs> Man, and I, and, I, and 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 I, it, it was a funny joke. So well played, Steve. Um, speaking of new music, man, yesterday was just filled with, for, at least for me and a lot of other people, tons of new music. Um, it was just kind of seems like there's one or two days a year where everything kind of lines up, and you get several um, several uh, albums. Uh, I guess the first one we can talk about is um, Brian Fallon's album, and. Well, one of the things I don't like about it is it's only nine songs, and four of them were released as singles. Oh, it's it's you were right the last week. It's eight. Oh, it's eight. Sorry, eight. Yeah, even it's, less. So there's really only four songs that we haven't heard, which kind of takes a little bit of the fun out of uh, release day because I mean, basically, he released an EP. <laughs> you know, it's what's well, today's music world because yeah. people aren't buying the record anyway. So why? I mean, they're only a download. Yeah, well, they're not even downloading anymore. So I I get it. And I don't mean to cut you off. I'll shut up after this, but it it does take something from it. I get why they do it, but it takes something from it. It does. I miss the, I miss the days where you used to hear the song from the album a week or two before it's released, and that's it. Yeah, and it's just usually was just usually one song. Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, I've only been able to listen to it. I listened to it yesterday morning when I woke up, and then I went for a walk this morning, listened to it all the way through, and um, it's really really good. Um, it's a, it's a, it's different than his last album. It's more stripped down, and obviously a lot shorter uh, than his last album. The first album had a decent mix of like kind of mid tempo slash fast stuff with um with with the slower stuff. This is a little more kind of mid tempo to slow, uh, but it, it's it's really good. The a couple of the new songs on there 
um, that, uh, well, it's, it's only a couple of new songs on there that we haven't heard. But um, I really, uh, this morning, I really enjoyed Vincent um, and uh, Hard Feelings. Those are the two new ones that are really sticking out with me so far. And there's only two other ones on there. But um, I, I really, really like it. I see it being in the running for top two or three of the year. And uh, just another good, solid performance by him. And I'll be honest with you, there are times I think I prefer his solo stuff to Gaslight Anthem. Yeah, I I won't go that far. I really like, I I do really like it though. And actually, I like, I think this, I I do think this is probably his best record aside from it being too, too, uh, too short. But the, the good thing about being too short, not that Brian Fallon is guilty of doing filler, but it's hard to have filler we do a short album. So there is something, there is some benefits to that. I guess I would say I, uh, I did catch some of Brian Fallon yesterday on Instagram and yeah, he, he said that song Vincent, it, I really thought it was funny because, you know, it said she he starts out saying, my, you know, my name is Jolene. Mm-hmm. And when he says the song, not kidding, he introduces it as Jolene and he wasn't joking. He was serious. I guess he just forgot the name of it. What he what he calls it? I, you would think it would be called Jolene, but it's Vincent. Right. But anyway, he said that that's his first like real attempt at a story song. Huh. Um, the uh, so yeah, we'll go back and listen to it. You'll hear you'll hear the story. The first song I know is about his kids, which what I think he says I I don't want you to grow up because I don't want you to move out or move away. And I was like, man, that's that's cool. I mean, this guy just shows where he he's it's a whole different place of songwriting now, but. It's going to always be hard to, to top the 59 sound, but the album is great. And I'm going to go back to what I've said so many times before. When people no longer, when they're not making, when they're recording outside of their band name, don't make it sound like your band. And he never really has, but la- I'd say the last one had some gaslight type sounds to it. There's nothing gaslight about this record. Just a good singer songwriter record. Yeah, and I see where he's rescheduled his tour. So, um, and ho- hopefully he'll add some more dates. To that ho- hopefully those shows actually get to take place. Yeah, That'd yeah, because be- I'm supposed to go to one, so I hope so. And um, the long-awaited uh, new Pearl Jam album dropped yesterday. Uh, they definitely knew what they were doing releasing that first single that was so different because it for sure got their name in the news. Um, um, Stone Gossard was correct. The rest of the album is nothing like that song. And um, I've gotten to listen to it, I think, three times through. I think I counted 12 songs on there. There are five that I think are really good, maybe two or three that are average, and the rest I don't think is going to be for me. But it's been seven years since they put an album out, and I didn't like Lightning Bolt, but the two before that, Backspacer and the Avocado album, um, I really like. They're two of my favorite uh, Pearl Jam albums. But this one I think is going to be a grower for sure. But uh, there are several of these songs you can tell are going to play well in the big arenas. And they uh, have canceled their tour, uh, at least the first leg of it. So hopefully they will get out. But yeah, that um, the Dance of the Clairvoyant, the uh, Talking Heads ripoff song, there's nothing else on there that sounds like that. I, I give them credit for trying something new. It's just Eddie Vedder's voice to me has a very narrow range where it, it works. And when he gets out of that, it, it exposes it some and... Anyway, I just didn't really care for that song, but yeah. So the new Pearl Jam album, it's but yeah, I listened. I did listen to it. I thought it was okay. I listened to it just because I knew. I didn't even know it was coming out until until you said something. I listened to it and I thought it was. I just listened to it one time and I thought it was a decent record. I'm not a huge 
huge Pearl Jam fan. Pretty, pretty certainly good nothing for, wrong with it. Pretty good for a band that, that's been in the game as long as they have. No, I would agree with that. Um, yeah, and then um, one that I, I've only kind of partially been able to listen to, but uh, Tesla released an acoustic album they recorded live at uh, Abbey Road Studios. And um, the the neat thing about it is, you know, of course, obviously they have record they had the five man acoustical jam album and then they put out an album a couple years ago with like partly acoustic tracks on it i was really worried it was just going to be a complete retread but some of the some of the songs that weren't on any of those that are on there are what you give which is great um miles away from um one of their newer cds call it what you want one of my favorite uh tesla songs stir it up another one of my favorite tesla songs and into the now off that album into the now which i thought was really good but have you listened to any of it chris no i haven't it's it's really really well um really really well recorded and i mean i know at least for brian weed i know he's a massive beatles fan so that had to be like a just a huge deal to record in abbey road studios is it one is it one or one or two disc it's just one okay um it's i mean it's got like it's got love song on there obviously it's got signs and it's got you know we can work it out which they did on five man acoustical jam and uh coming at you live and trucking but other than that i think that's the only songs that were on um the first acoustic album what uh what else is it was there anything else new that you Um, listen to let's see um i didn't get a chance to listen to the jason is new jason isbell song i know in our group text yesterday our buddy clark was talking about how good it was and i've got that queued up is in to to give that a spin today um, okay yeah i you know Bron Bron fallon was the only one for me i, I did listen to the pearl jam though i didn't i certainly didn't dislike it and only thing i'd say like new music for me not new music but new music for me i was um i was very late to the party with the the uh, Duff McKagan solo album Tenderness, yeah, you know, I first listened to it when it came out, and I I may not have listened to anything other than the, the title track Tenderness, and didn't really do it for me. And for whatever reason, I just felt inclined to listen to it. And what I tweeted on our on our uh, Twitter was was right. It just it felt right for the times, and maybe that's what made me gravitate towards it. And I. I love that album now. I, I can't say enough good things about it. The the title track "Tenderness," it's not too late. That that sounds like it has a very very Shooter Jennings type vibe, and obviously, I mean not Shooter. I'm sorry, Waylon. Shooter produced this, so, but I thought it definitely had a Waylon type vibe. Last September, the song "Breaking Rocks." I'm pretty sure that Shooter that's singing with him. Uh, I, I told people, I told you, this was like this was like Johnny Thunders doing a country record, and I just I just think it's great. Yeah, when it came out, he did a t- the, the two of them did a ton of press. Uh, I bet they were on three or four different podcasts that I listened to, and um, I listened to it. Um, there were a couple of songs I liked when I um, you know heard it um, the first time. I, now that you said, I probably need to go back and listen to it. But he just he raves about Shooter Jennings in all of those, um, um, all those interviews and just like how, when he first got to Hollywood or LA people think, Oh, he's this country guy. And Duff's like, I mean, he's so much more than that. And so I, I kind of got a feeling they're probably going to do stuff in the future. And I think when Duff did that little mini tour, uh, shooter played with him. So he um, did, he, he did. And, and shooters really developing a career. You know, I remember when his first album came out, I, I saw him over at the high tone. I went to go see him and, 
That's the only album he ever did that had a seemed to have a little bit of a uh, a buzz about it. But he's one of those guys that is kind of like a Butch Walker that they'll still tour, they'll play their music, won't get a ton of attention. But where they're really starting to make waves is with their production and I'm sure arrangement, all this just helping with overall on, on creating these albums and. Shooter Jennings doing more and more. He's he's doing the new American Aquarium, or has done the new American Aquarium. We're just waiting for it to come out now. But yeah, I mean that guy's building quite a name for himself. But it's uh, it's just on the other side of the table now. And Duff liked your tweet. Yeah, that, that's always cool. And I don't, I don't know why that makes us music nerds feel so cool when all they do are not cool. It just makes us so happy when they just click like. But it does. And uh, especially when they're a megastar like that. But no, I, I would check out this album, though. And it, it really, now that I've told you that, they listen to it and just see if you don't agree with what I said or it feels right. Just I, I, something about it. It's just kind of been comforting through these times. And um, because I got it before we get into the topic, I, I got to go throw, like, completely mix this up. There's too much of the same. Like, we're talking about all these singer-songwriters. And then I bring up... Duff McCabe and Kagan doing a country record. So in addition to that, I've been listening to a lot of Agnostic Front. So there you go. Hey, I was going to tell you, um, I just started it the other night. I just got a few minutes into it, but it looked really good. There is a documentary on Netflix about Miles Davis. Um, oh, cool. That uh, that I started the other night. They're putting And there's one, uh, I'm a sucker, honestly, for music documentaries, even if it's like bands. Like I'm not a big Rush fan. And like that, those two Rush documentaries are fascinating. And Netflix is putting more and more up there. They've got one on uh, Joe Cocker that I'm going to watch, and I'm watching this Miles Davis one. They have the ZZ Top one, which you know has gotten a, a lot of a lot of press, uh, oddly enough. But uh, yeah, the Miles Davis one it looks uh, looks like it's going to be pretty cool. I think he was kind of a rock star before there were rock stars. To be honest with you, yeah, I think so too. And yeah, if we back to we all I'll say is that agnostic that agnostic front one. You, I think it's it's either. I think it's on Amazon Prime. You can stream it. That's one of the better rock documentaries you'll ever see. Um, just because I've said before, it's a two it's a two brotherhood between stigma and merit. But the other one, the one I'm looking forward to, is actually it's going to be on Apple TV. So I'll have to get at least a trial subscription because I'm not going to miss it. But the Beastie Boys one looks amazing. When does that come out? Late April. That's all I know. And Spike Jones, you know, that did all the videos and. Really, has got fame through Jackass. He started out his career because they talk about him a lot in the Beastie Boys book. He did some of their videos, and he became really close with them. And he did this documentary. That look, is- look up, look up the trailer. I can't remember what it's called, but just get on YouTube and type in Beastie Boys movie. Look at the trailer; it looks so good. Yeah, I will. I will. Yeah, those rock docs just suck me in, and uh, I get into them. All right, so. Our uh, topic this week is just going to be kind of a fun, light one. Um, didn't require much work or, uh, or research or anything like that. And uh, you know, in today's in today's time, um, everybody's real big on their brand branding. And one of the the big things about branding is your mark, your your logo, uh, kind of what represents you, whether it's business or music or whatever. And so, Chris had sent me a text. He's like, "Hey, let's uh, maybe talk about some of our fa- favorite." band logos and and we can it kind of evolved from into band logos and um mascots and stuff like that so we're just going to talk about some of our uh, favorite ones there's going to be kind of a running theme to most most of them it's going to 
it's not going to be a lot of like uh, alt country or uh, <laughs> uh, you know stuff like that. It's all pretty much going to be kind of harder rock and, and punk and stuff like that. But those are the bands most known for their logos, and so uh, that's kind of that's kind of what we had to choose from. Um, Chris, I thought what we could do is just each one of us do two or three. We talk about them and then kind of swap back and forth. Whatever you want to do. Yeah, right. I, did, we, I, th- I told David we'd try to do about 15 each. And, yeah. Um, well, so so for me, when I think of a band logo, the first thing that always comes to mind is the Rolling Stones tongue. Um, you'll even see a lot of places it doesn't even say the Rolling Stones. It's just the tongue, and, and people know who that is. Uh, supposedly modeled after uh, you know Mick Jagger, and uh, it's basically there. It's on everything of theirs, and uh, uh, you go see them in concert. They usually have kind of a, a video with the tongue, you know, maybe doing some perverted things and things like that going on there. So the Rolling Stones tongue is one I always think of. Uh, the next one that I always think of is the Grateful Dead, the Skull and Roses, and then they have the Dancing Bears. Uh, which I never understood the Dancing Bears. Maybe it's an acid thing. I'm, I'm not sure, but you see that Grateful Dead skull all over the place uh and you see a lot of people using it um uh, like and and kind of change their their put their band name on it sometimes as a joke so those are the first two that stick out to me and then another one that always has stuck out to me uh, is weezer's um logo which is like the w and it has kind of like the like the wings coming off of it and usually when you see it it's lit up and sometimes there's uh like uh sparklers and stuff coming from it which I thought's always kind of cool because I've always heard that uh, those guys um, were uh, big metal people and and played kind of in some some hard rock bands before they started Weezer and the logo just doesn't to me doesn't fit their music you know which is kind of a alternative power pop type stuff but the logo definitely screams metal and they always have it usually hanging behind them in their shows and so uh, those are three that came to mind immediately for me when when we started thinking about this. Well, I had the stones down, so I, I definitely would have picked that. And and what we're doing on here, I have my little list. So if David names one that's on mine, I just scratch it. And I have plenty to choose from. That's where I'll get 15. But that definitely would have been on there. The Weezer, there's no doubt that that's a play on Van Halen. There's no doubt at all. I mean, look at it. Look at the early Van Halen logo and look at that one. Yeah. Hands down, it is a play off of it. And, yes, they were into all the metal. Uh, Rivers Cuomo played in hair bands in L.A., and uh, when I last time I saw them, it's the coolest stage, one of the coolest stage setups I've seen. The backdrop looked like a garage, and it was a bunch of '80s metal posters on the wall. So there's no doubt Rivers is into that. So yeah, that that that's a good one. I'm gonna go. Uh, mine too is gonna be. It's mostly just metal and punk, but I'm gonna go with for my first one. I'm going to go with Iron Maiden. Not even, uh, yes, you have Eddie. So, and that's the way this the idea started out with me. I was thinking mascots, essentially. I guess that's what we call them. I don't, it seems, it sounds kind of funny. We're calling it a mascot, but whatever you call it, their character, whoever. That, but that's how it kind of started. It just kind of evolved to where we didn't keep, we made it a lot more broad to where we could include the font, the way it looked in the logo. So, this one has it all. You have Eddie. And you have that one of the most iconic, recognizable logos. It's one of the. This is one of those logos where people use to to write other things and use that font. And there's a few bands that that have that kind of logo to where people steal that font for other other whatever words. And I'd say that that should tell you right there what a great logo it is. Um, 
Next up, I'm going to go with uh, Black Flag. And the main reason I go Black Flag is just because of those bars that they use. At, there are so many punk artists, and not even, probably not even punk guys, just music guys, that you see that have those four bars tattooed. It, even Hank 3 uses, instead of four bars, he uses three to represent, obviously, th Hank 3. And, uh, you know, supposedly what the, those bars represent, and they're all kind of offset, is it's supposed to be an an abstracted movement of a flag waving. So I, I think that one's a super legendary one. And then next, I'm going to go with Motorhead. And that is just, that's probably like top three as far as most iconic that there is. Uh, there's so many cool things about this that all, you know, all lowercase using the umlauts above the, the second, uh, you know, Oh, I don't know what that's supposed to represent, but you know, Motley Crue always talks about how they, they got it because they were drinking low and brow. Mm. I think that, I think that's a crock. I think they completely just ripped off motorhead. That's just my opinion because the, anyway, I think they did, but, but I think, I think the logo itself is cool. Our, the, <coughs> Whatever, bless you, whatever the beast is that has the horns coming out, um, just a super cool look. I love that one. Yeah, that Motorhead one is great. You see it used a lot. Like you said, other people will do it kind of as a goof uh, in that same font. And um, the Black Flag one, I'm going to have to go look at that. I don't guess I'm familiar with that one. Uh, that's cool, though, with the bars and, like, Hank 3. And then, uh, let's see, your first one was Iron Maiden. Yeah, that's definitely... Um, that's definitely big time. And of course, Eddie is almost like a, another part of the band when you go see them live. Absolutely. Um, which is, which is really cool. And you see, you know, other, a lot of other people, I think have imitated them like Megadeth with Vic Rattlehead and, and stuff like that. Um, a kind of a non-punk one and non-rock one that comes to mind for me is, uh, Run DMC. I've always liked that one. It's the black background with Run. That is a good one. I didn't think about that. With Run DMC in white and you had the red bars on top and bottom. I just think it's very simple, um, but it's a really kind of a cool, um, kind of a cool look. Um, I've always enjoyed that one. Uh, I love the Metallica one, especially kind of the one they have now, where the uh, bottom of the M and the A are razor blades. Uh, I've always thought that was cool. I've always thought their all their logo has always been cool with the big M and the big A on the end. Um, and then you got to go, you got to go ACDC. Um, one that's just synonymous with them the the way the a and the c and then you have the lightning bolt and the d and the c you see that one that one's imitated by a lot of people all the time too so that those are those are another three that i've always enjoyed what was your first one uh run dmc yeah yeah that that is a great one the uh you know acdc of course you, you've got to go with that one and then the metallica i'm i'm i favor the old one I think it's had that super cool classic metal logo. Um, love that. And so I will piggyback off of that and I'll go with another super, super metal looking one. And that's Slayer. Uh, I love the way it looks like it's all just been scratched in. And of course, a lot of idiots over the year have carved it into their skin. Mm. Uh, there's been a lot of photos of that. Yeah, there's been a lot of photos. You could probably just Google, you know, um, Slayer, uh, Slayer cut or Slayer razor blade, whatever you'll see it. People do it. I, I even saw some. 
I've read something where Kerry King, somebody came up to him and was showing it off, and Kerry King was basically kind of like, "Yeah, that's cool. You're an idiot." He didn't say that, but uh, but anyway, that, that's hardcore. I think that's just a that's a classic logo. And then I'm gonna go with one that we've talked about before. Uh, a guy that was no pun intended one of my first music idols, and that's Billy Idol. Uh, I, I think of that classic, classic logo. And as we're going along in this, in mind, some of the ones that I'm doing, I'm pulling them up on, on the computer so I can look at them, kind of describe them. It's, it's not, there's nothing crazy like about it. It's just a block. I think of the, the original one and it's, it's block idle real big and it's at an angle. And then you have Billy be it, it's printed over all the letters of idle with a period at the end of it. I just always loved that. And I know on his early albums, he'd had that logo and underneath it, his signature. And a, a lot of that's just the youth in me that just, that's, uh, it's one of the first ones I guess that ever really got me. Um, then the last of this three is the New York dolls. This may not be one that a lot of people would think of, but it just, it, it does such a great job of representing what they were as a band. It's, New York Dolls in cursive, for people who don't know it, and David, you may not know it right off, so I'm just describing it. It's New York Dolls in cursive, and it's in pink, which again fits them. And at the end of the S, it just rounds all the way around, and it has it has a lipstick that's connected, like the lipstick just drew out the entire logo. And I'd, I think that's a super, super cool one, one of my favorite ones, period. Yeah, obviously familiar with the Slayer one. You're right. Uh, it's got a cool look to it, the, the design on it, and... Um, I just never have understood people getting tattoos of, uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm not a big, t- I, I can't ever think of anything I would want. I mean, I don't have anything against anybody getting them. I can't think of anything I'd want on me forever. Uh, yeah, but, I uh, hear you. But, um, let's see, uh, the New York Dolls, and yeah, I am familiar with that one. It totally, it totally, um, clicks with who they were and, uh, kind of their, basically their impact on music. And then what was the one in between? Um, Billy Idol. Billy Idol. I'm gonna have to go look at that one. I don't guess I remember that one. Um, I, That's I, probably gonna be the case for most people that are listening. Yeah, I'm gonna have to go uh, look at that one. Yeah, those are those are all. Uh, I'm not familiar with the Billy Idol one, but the other two are definitely good. Um, one that always comes to mind for me is the Doors. Um, the way that's written, um, you see, like it's, and I keep saying it, but you see that used that font and the way it's uh, written, used for. Uh, other things, you know, it has the the very small V, and then you have the D with the um, O O, and the it's like a line kind of going in between them, the the two O's, but they're slanted out the opposite direction. That font uh, gets used a lot. That's one that's uh, that that always stands out. Nine inch nails. That's one you always know. You don't have to even you don't even have to know nine inch nails. You don't have to see the writing. You always know that that one is there, and they've had that one, I think, from the beginning. And then um, another one, <laughs> nobody knows how to pronounce it or anything, but it came became kind of a running joke in the 90s, but it's for sure uh, very recognizable. It's whatever symbol Prince decided to call himself there for a while. It's a cool-looking symbol, but, uh, uh, I mean, for a while, that's was his uh, that was his name when he was uh, putting out recorded material, so that's another one that always stuck out to me. Yeah, yeah, that is that that is a cool one. The Nine Inch Nails one, yes, very recognizable. What what did you say the first one was? The Doors. Yeah, 
I, I, honestly, I, I vaguely can place that one in my in my head. I, I, I kind of see that, but uh, yeah, I really the Prince one especially that weird curve that even made a guitar out of. Right. That, that that's that's cool. Uh, so my next one's I'm gonna go another classic metal and another one that I think totally fits the band fits the music and that's Judas Priest the um the angle that goes down from left to right the way they write it the the font just looks everything about it, it just looks it looks like it's in it looks like it's in metal like this it looks like they carved this out of steel and the T being that recognizable logo that they have whatever that is and then next I've got Finn Lizzy Super, super. I mean, this was probably one of the first amazing logos they ever that anybody ever did, as far as uh, hard rock, and it kind of has a metal look to it. That, the thin on top of the Lizzie, the the two lines going underneath it, the the L going underneath the L I Z Z, and the Y going underneath the whole word of Lizzie to make those two double bars at the bottom, uh, and then the two vertical bars of the, the T and the H. I, great, great logo, and then final on this set is dead Kennedy's man. I can't imagine how many kids growing up that love the dead Kennedy's must've drawn this logo just because it's, it's a simple one to draw. It stands out. You know who it is. It's so recognizable. And David, I know you're, you're not the biggest punk guy, so you probably aren't really super familiar. Are you? Mm-mm. I mean, I know who they are, but I don't know anything about their logo. You need to look it up because it's, it's, it's hard to describe it, but it's very simple, and it's just it's a D and a K. Oh yeah, make a it. logo. Yeah, it's really really cool logo. It looks almost like something you would see like on a Pink Floyd the Wall, uh, some art that they released. Yeah, I can see that. Um, let's see, um, let's see the first one you said. I'm sorry, I'm drawing a blank because I was pulling. You said um, Judas Priest. Oh yeah, that's. I mean that's. That's heavy metal. That's basically the heavy metal logo, uh, if you really want to get down to it. And then uh, the Dead Kennedys one. Yeah, that one does look cool. Like I said, it looks like a uh, uh, a Pink Floyd uh, symbol from something. And what was the other one? The other one was Thin Lizzy. Oh, yeah. The Thin Lizzy one, if you look at it and then look at the one for the doors, that may have been done by the same person. Um it's it's a lot of uh, a lot of carry. I'm gonna pull up the doors one right now. And, and, and uh, yeah, Thin Lizzy, the Thin Lizzy one is is always been kind of cool. Um, you see that one used a lot. Um, kind of a band that never made it over here like they did other places. And uh, which is, I know you're a massive Thin Lizzy fan. I've tried getting oh, into yeah, it. Yeah, they're great. Um, all right, let's see. I've just got just a few left to be honest with you. Um, Stone Temple Pilots, the STP, uh, that's kind of a classic one. I know uh, Scott Weiland was really big into uh, art and things like that. And that STP, I think that was almost like the that oil treatment or something like that. That was like a logo that they always used. Um, one of your favorite bands, Social Distortion, kind of have the 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 little stick man figure, uh, which you see the, those guys use a lot. And he's got, is it like a red hat he has on and the rest is white? Is that well, right? Well, it's a white well, any of the images you see, it's usually on a back, a black backdrop, and they, the skeletons in all white, obviously white hat, cigarettes white, and then martini glass is white, but it's got red liquid in it, and the cigarette, the the butt's got a red, it's got red on it for uh, the fire. Yes, yeah, so, 
that that's amazing. A, that's a very cool one. Um, I've always liked that one. And then one, um, I don't know for whatever reason, it's always kind of intrigued me. The poison green, the poison logo in that green, and it's almost like they've trademarked that color green, and you only seen it, you only ever see it used with them. Um, which I thought, I just, I've always thought that looks so cool. But those are those are my last ones. What was your first one again? My first one was Stone Temple Pilots. You know the, okay. the red STP. Yeah, uh, and then Social D, and then Poison. Okay. Well, I, I uh, yeah, the Social D obviously would have been on my list. I knew you were going to say that because it, it's not just my you know my who I always claim say is my favorite band. It's not just that. It's just that skeleton is so cool. The I, I like it when they use the uh, old English lettering with it. Uh, amazing, amazing logo. One of the best there is. One of the most recognizable. I've seen that tattooed at so many, diff- so many different punk shows that I've gone to. I've seen people with that tattoo, uh, so I love that one. Poison. Yeah, I mean, when I was growing up, I mean, that was probably the coolest one. Not uh, like you said, the green on it was great, but it wasn't even just the green. It was a cool logo, mm-hmm. really cool logo. I do. I still think that's a really cool logo. So. Um, Say it, staying off of you know, we go social D, another one that's probably maybe the most recognizable in all of music, at least in all of punk, and that's the Crimson Ghost of the Misfits. Yeah, that, the Misfits over the years, they when they, in their existence, they used a lot of different fonts on the on the word Misfits, but you always had the 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 Crimson Ghost and the Misfits. The later version, the stuff you see a lot of times, it's a very similar font. To what Danzig had, and I and I'm going to go with, uh, I'll take that just to transition to I'd say Danzig slash Sam Hain, because Danzig and Sam Hain, people that don't know, same man, you know they the sound change it went more metal, and um, now I'm going to get off of, for a minute just off of just logos, but really it's kind of important to note why I say they're the same is they made all these records that had a real goth sound to them. Sam uh, Sam Hain did, and then Rick Rubin entered the picture, and he wanted him going. He took him in more of a metal direction, plus the addition of the, the uh, John Christ on guitar, and then also he wanted it was it was his urging that him switch from Sam Hain to Danzig. So Danzig and Sam Hain, I look at that as one as a logo, and then I'll go Misfits on the other my other choice. And then what I'm going to go with just because of the, the artwork that they have with it. This is another one that's been, you can see a lot of different, the font is not necessarily always the same with this band, but the logo is, and that's life of agony. Um, if you don't know this one, anybody listening, look it up. It's super, super cool. It's got, um, it's got four, skeletons and uh, skulls in a circle but it's a different take on a skull and alan robert the uh the bassist and primary songwriter of the band really really good artist he does he does uh graphic novels all that kind of stuff and he's designed most of their stuff he came up with this logo and supposedly it's all it represents all four members and the the lighter skull being keith slash mina um so i I don't know if, if that's true on it, but I think that one's great. So those those are, I guess that's what I came with up, up with for my last three. Oh, yeah. I'm looking at the Life of Agony one, Agony one now. Yeah, that is really cool. 
the uh the misfits one though that's um that that's 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 a really a really cool one that um and it kind of fits them um Mm -hmm. you know it's simple it's stripped down it's kind of (laughs) scary you know yeah i'm sure there's a lot of people have that tattooed as well don't you think yeah there are i have seen that so i um i was gonna say too what's really cool too and i'm gonna when i get this i'll i'll post it up on the socials but uh as we're talking, this is this is just a well well timed podcast that we're doing because I'm getting a helmet painted right now by this artist I saw on Instagram, and I'm getting a um, the Misfits logo that says Misfits want your skull on one side, the Social Distortion Skelly on the other side, and on the back in a smaller probably about a third of the size of the other ones I'm getting that Life of Agony with uh, with no words on it just that logo, and so I. I look forward. I look forward to sharing that with uh, with everybody listening when I get that one. Yeah, you sent me the prototype or whatever for it, the drawing. It looked really cool. Yeah, that that's um, like I said. But by the way, since those are the main ones, just I will just we won't even have to talk. I'll just the only ones I had left on the list. I'll just go out there real quick. Just a few others: suicidal tendencies, uh, hot water music. Uh, Ozzy Osbourne was one that we easily could have both put in there. And then here's one that I just wanted to share because I think this is one that be often forgotten. But look this one up, Dave, if you can't think of it. I'll tell you a really cool logo that we for, probably forget about, Twisted Sister. Oh, with kind of the, the weird writing? The T and the S? Yeah. Coming yeah. together? Yeah. Yeah, that one is a cool one. And, and we, we both left off Van Halen. Oh, yeah. That, and that was, on your, that was on your original list, too. Yeah, and I just didn't. I just accidentally skipped over it. Yeah. So and if we didn't list that one, we were going to get called out. Absolutely. And so there's, there's a lot of, lot of cool ones. I mean, we've already left a whole lot out. We know we did. And, um, you know, so share yours, whatever you think are good. Share right. them. Tweet right. them back to us. Yeah. Send them to us on social media and, uh, we'll take a look at them. All right. So that's going to wrap this one up. Uh, hopefully, uh, we'll have another one out to you, um, pretty soon and we, um, can get this virus taken care of and we can all get on back to having our lives. So uh, thanks for listening, everybody. Take care, and we will talk to you soon.